everybody. Welcome back to Live for Sports. My name is Nathan. Um, sorry about the break again. I had a school thing to do, even though I'm not in school. <laughs> no, uh, for next year. Uh, and then just was working and stuff like that. I was kind of focused on that. And then I got my shot and I wasn't feeling well, my booster shot. So kind of decided to just take the week off. Wasn't much to talk about, just basically NFL picks anyways, too. So, speaking of that, that's going to be a topic for this week because I got to talk about the divisional round because that was crazy. I could also talk a little bit of wild card weekend, but it's mostly divisional round talk. And then uh, I got to go over the MLB Hall of Fame inductees too because um, it's a little bit bullshit if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Simmons, is this the dagger? <laughs> wild card weekend we'll start off on since i missed that so unbelievably lackluster in my opinion um just compared to the divisional round what happened like the divisional round severely made up for the wild card because the wild card to me was determined by a bad refing and b blowouts it's pretty much all it was and so let's go let's go over the games quickly bengals raiders 26 19 for the bengals that game was decided by a touchdown that sh- probably shouldn't have counted because the rule is, well, what happened was Burrow was scrambling through the ball before he stepped out of bounds. Ref thought he had stepped out of bounds and blew the whistle. And then they got uh, his, was it T. Higgins, I believe it was, in the, or Boyd, either or one of them in the end zone caught it. and But the whistle had blown, which should mean the play has been is dead and they should replay the down they did not they got a touchdown off of it it was the wrong call that was the big controversy of the weekend i would say bad call it's it's just a bad call and it kind of screwed the raiders over cost them a pl- maybe a spot in the next round i don't know if it did well no because they might be kicking for a field goal after there i think it was third down that play it was yeah so they would have been kicking for a field goal, or if they just shut him down, didn't get a first down, something like that. They're going for the field goal, and then the Braiders could have kicked one to end regulation, I guess, at the end there. So, uh, Next game, Bills-Patriots. That one was supposed to be the most entertaining game for me, I thought. Two division rivals, you know. Uh, I really like, like Bills' offense, Pat's defense, who's going to win, right? Bills' offense killed them. I don't know how. But they did. Bills won forty-seven to seventeen. It was just what Bills seven drives, seven touchdowns. It was crazy. The only weakness they had was their kicker missed an extra point. I think that's all they that happened. They also kicked. Did they kick a field goal too? Uh, they might have. No, they might not have. I don't know. Anyways, crazy, crazy. No, they would have. I I I don't know. I forget. Then we start off with the Bucks and Eagles, 31-15 for the Buccaneers. I can't say I'm surprised. I thought the Eagles might have been able to keep it competitive, but no, it was a blowout from the get-go. It was, what, 31-0 at one point. 
Eagles scored two touchdowns in the fourth, I think, to make it somewhat seem better. But no, it was a blowout. Uh, then we go to the Niners-Cowboys. This one had some controversy, too. Uh, mostly because Dallas had the ball, no timeouts. They ran a QB sneak, 14 seconds left, picked up about 10, 15 yards with Dak, I think it was. Then they had to realize that the ref has to touch the ball in order for them to clock it. They did not. They tried to do it, whatever. The ref had to get up there. He had to bump in the front of the entire offensive line, and Prescott moved the ball back like an inch from what or he, they had placed it or whatever. And time had run out. They couldn't clock it to kill the, uh, to stop the clock. 49ers advanced. I, I really didn't like that the ref had to slowly trot up there or whatever. I don't know. It could cause a rule change or something, but... I do I think the Cowboys win that game? Probably not. They had one second to get the end zone if they actually did clock it pro- properly. So, I don't know. And on the Sunday, that Sunday, we had Chiefs-Steelers. That was a 42-21 game. The, Steeler, or the Chiefs won by two times the amount of points the Steelers got. Like I knew it was going to be a blowout, but boring game. And then we had the Monday night game. Another game. Probably one of... I said Niners-Cowboys were probably going to be the most entertaining. Rams-Cardinals, though. This should have been really entertaining. Two division rivals. Yeah, no. Kyler Murray sucks. Played awful. Doesn't suck, but like... You know what I mean? He, he looked... When I was watching the game, he looked like he was playing hard. That's that's my takeaway from it. Ram, like, Rams came ready to play. Yeah. I Cardinals are the Steelers. Of, uh, last year. Confirmed. So now to the divisional round. Oh, and, and first, first off, in terms of wild card, I went four of six on my picks. Um, I got wrong the Cowboys beating the Niners and the Pats beating the Bills. So, and then divisional round, I didn't give out my picks because I didn't record an episode last week. I will say though, I'll be I'll be honest. Like I'm not gonna lie or whatever. I went one of four. Oh, I went four of four. No, I went one of four. Uh, the only game I got right was the Chiefs game. I was over for three, and I was really hoping the Chiefs would win, and they did. Thank God. So uh, I'm going to go over some game recap, and then I'll go over my picks for the next round. So Titans-Bengals. Bengals perspective, their takeaway. First road win in franchise history. Really cool for them. I really don't know how they did it. Burrow got sacked nine times, and they still found a way to win. Their defense played great. The, I, I did want them to win this game. I did. Because they're, I chose them as my bandwagon team for the playoffs. There's nothing really. They're a cool team. They're young. I like Burrow. Burrow's really cool. Jamar Chase, really good. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, even though Joe Mixon pisses me off in fantasy sometimes. I don't know. I If they get a good O-line for Burrow, which they need, because uh, or else Burrow's going to keep getting hurt, they can be an elite team for a while. They can. As for the Titans... I think it's pretty clear Ryan Tannehill is not your answer at quarterback. They have a good team, and they honestly have a Super Bowl caliber team, I think, if they got a court, better quarterback. The only problem is Tannehill's contract is so massive, I doubt they can get somebody else that's better while getting rid of his. It will be very, very hard, I must say. So, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe a rebuild? I I can't see it. They've they're never been good, so this is the closest. Well, not never been good, but it's rare for they're a smaller market. It's harder for them to get good, I guess. 
Markets don't matter. Market size doesn't matter as much in football, but you know, you know. Packers Niners. I really can't believe the Packers lost this game. I thought it was a lock that they were going to win. And like they didn't play that well. Sure, Rodgers didn't. Rodgers didn't throw any touchdowns. He only threw for like two, what was it, 229 yards, I want to say, 220 somewhere somewhere in that range. And but he was better than San Fran offense that was playing. I don't know. Defense was pretty even both sides. They say San Fran held them in it for the whole game. Um, Packers defense was shutting down the Niners. They, yeah, they did shut down the Niners for really the most part. The real factor was special teams though, because from my point of view, that was the worst special teams performance I have ever seen all time in a playoff game. Nope. Maybe a regular season. Like, it started with the blocked field goal at the end of the first half that the Packers could have taken, I believe it would have been like a 10 nothing lead at halftime instead of 7. And then, don't forget the blocked punt touchdown late in the fourth quarter. With like 4 minutes, 40 seconds left, the Niners blocked a punt and it was landed at like the 5-yard line. They picked it up and scored. And then, they had 10 guys on the field for that last field goal. 10 guys instead of your normal 11. They, I mean, would it, would it have mattered? Maybe. You could have got there and blocked it. I don't know. But their, their coach is getting fired. That special teams coach has to be getting fired after that. You would think. He'll be gone. And so will Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Mark my words. Now. You can do, you can do it. I, I guarantee by next offseason, or by next training camp season, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams will no longer be Green Bay Packers. I will say that now, and I will say that confidently. Got to give credit to San Fran, though. They're changing They're they're changing the narrative around the league that you don't need a star QB to win. It's it's a tough narrative, I must say, because, yeah, you kind of need a quarterback to win. Sometimes you do, at least. But they're just saying, no, we're going to do it without one, really, because they have very a very talented roster, I must say, outside of co- the quarterback position. And their coaching staff is really, really good. You need those to ha- probably to get there to without a star quarterback. But yeah, I don't know. So Bucks Rams now. I I can't believe Tom Brady was trailing twenty seven to three in this game. I really can't. Just like I didn't think the Packers would lose that game. I just but like when I saw it was twenty seven three, I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. He's gonna find some. He's gonna. Pull pull some crazy comeback once again like he did against on the Falcons in the Super Bowl. That were, the Rams had a great game plan coming in, I, I must say, and Cooper Cup really proved in this game that he is the most valuable player on that af- offense over Matt Stafford. As for Brady, I don't think he's retiring. I really don't. There, there's rumors he might. He said he's going to take some time, but I don't think he will. I think... If Tom Brady is going to retire, he's going to announce it before the season starts. Say, hey, this is my last year. And he'll get like farewell tour treatment almost, you could say. I, I'm i going to expect the Bucs, if, if he's there, they'll be they'll be back at the top of the division. For sure. Because their division is very weak. But like, imagine if he's not there. What happens in that division? Because if the Bucs can't really get a quarterback, the roster is still good. But you kind of need a quarterback. And I don't know if they're like that. 49er level I just talked about where they can win without a quarterback couldn't do it with um Jameis Winston 
So, not that well, at least. Sean Payton retired for the Saints. That happened, too. And the Saints are, neg- I believe it's negative $74 million above the cap limit, I believe. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. I believe it is. They're not going to be good next year, I don't think. They don't really have a true number one quarterback. Their coaching is their be- one of the best coaches in the league is gone for them. And they're going to have to move out a lot of players just to be cap compliant next year. So I don't really think they're going to be that good next year. Tampa's team around them, like I just said, it's good with the quarterback. With but without a quarterback, it, it it does get scary. Falcons, I don't think they'll be ready by next year. But like a really intriguing team to me is Carolina because I think if they can grab a QB this offseason, and I think if they grab a QB this offseason, anyways, they'll be a force. Like they could make the playoffs next year, I would say. But if they get if Tom Brady does not come back next year, I honestly could see them winning that division. I will say it if they get that quarterback. So they really need to pony up and do it because Cam Newton was not your answer. Sam Darnold is definitely not your answer. So should be interesting to see. Oh, the Chiefs Bills now. That was the greatest football game I have ever witnessed. Ever. I will say that. And like, it was crazy back and forth. Like, Bills scored just after the two-minute warning. I said, oh, this game's definitely not over because Mahomes and company have three timeouts and, like, a minute, almost two minutes to go down the field. It wasn't. Tyreek Hill threw up the peace sign on them. Uh, They scored with about a minute left, and I said, oh. Said to my dad, oh, this game's still not over because the Bills are easily going to drive back down the field, I bet. They did. They scored with 13 seconds left. And... Tony Romo, the announcer, was even saying, this game's probably over. I I was leaning, yeah, I was leaning, like, hey, it's probably over. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, they do have 13 seconds left and still have three timeouts. I don't think this is as over as people are saying it is. So, but insane game. And the biggest takeaway from it, though, is NFL OT rules need to change because... This game really got decided off coin toss. The people are saying it's did and it didn't. In a way, it did because it was basically set up to be whoever got that ball was scoring first. But at the same time, it wasn't necessarily decided off the coin toss because your defense can get a stop or a pick or something like that, you know? So it wasn't really decided like that. But the way the game was going, you could just tell that, that whoever got the ball first was going to score. Allen versus Mahomes, to me, is setting up to be the next Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning rivalry in the NFL for years to come. And honestly, I, I saw this cool like photo or graphic or something like that, you know, and it compared Mahomes to the new Brady for the years to come. Um, he's like the favorite of the top, top of the list, right? And then you got Josh Allen to Peyton Manning. This isn't really play style-wise either. This is kind of just like who they're kind of setting up to be because... There was the four guys. There was Brady, there was Manning, there was Phillip Rivers, and there was Big Ben. They were the QBs to beat in the AFC. I think everyone can agree on that. And this is kind of comparing who they're going to be the new QBs to beat. So Allen's the new Manning, who might sneak through a couple times and win a couple rings or two, but other years he's going to come up short, most likely to Patrick Mahomes. 
And then it compared Joe Burrow to Big Ben Roethlisberger, who recently just officially announced his retirement this morning at the time I'm recording, of course. Um, so where he just got the wins, the Super Bowl wins, when those two didn't make it in or had, like, they got knocked out or whatever. And then Herbert is the same to Philip Rivers. They're good quarterbacks, but their careers could get wasted by the Chargers. Do I think Herbert's career gets wasted by the Chargers? Probably not. Maybe he gets a ring or ring at least, I would say, but they have, like, no fans, so it's going to be tough. I don't know. I, it was a really cool graphic, I must say. I I, I, I kind of did agree with it. Anyways, was a hell of a game, though. And I wonder what happens, though, if the Bills had squib-kicked it to end with 13 seconds left instead of doing their regular kickoff. Because if you squib-kick squib, squib kick it, sorry, they probably kill at least a second or two because I'm assuming the Chiefs would have grabbed it and just kneeled down so, so they could get the ball or whatever. So you maybe get only one second, two seconds on the clock if for Mahomes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. I don't know if it made that much of a difference, but I'd love to see some like alternate reality where they decided to squib kick it, see what the result would have been. I don't know. Um, So that was the divisional round. Like I said, it massively made up for the disappointing super wild card weekend, they're calling it. And so let's go on to the championship games now. Bengals, Chiefs, Rams, Niners. Started on the AFC side with the Chiefs and the Bengals. This is going to be such a fun game, I have a feeling. It might be my two favorite offenses in football to watch right now. I, I just love how the Chiefs operate with Mahomes and they just the big play nature. And then they have the little trick plays where they can just toss to Kelsey at the two-yard line with a, like a it's so cool, their offense. And then the Bengals. They have probably the best young core offense in football, you could say, with Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon. It's it's a really cool starting five for their offense. And if they got their offensive line better, it would definitely be a top offense, I would say. I think it's going to be high scoring this game. I'm sticking with my Chiefs pick, mostly because I like their defensive line to get to Burrow with the, the his weak O-line. Um, I think it's going to be high-scoring, though. I think Burrow's going to be able to get rid of the ball in time before getting pressured. I don't think it's going to finish that close, but I think it's still high-scoring. I'm going to, like, if I'm good, I'll do a sk- score prediction for both games. I'll probably do something like 37-20, yeah, 37-24 Chiefs win. That's what I'll. That's my prediction. I'll say. On to the NFC side now. Uh, two division rivals in the NFC West. Both I did not predict to get this far. I only got one of my four teams. Who was it? Yeah, I only got the Chiefs right in here. No Chiefs Bucks rematch next year or this year, which kind of sucks for me. But at least I bet money on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Knock on wood. So, this Ram game really could go either way. It's not even, it's like it's a home game for the Rams because it's in SoFi. 
but it's not a home game because Niners fans are going to dominate the stands, I have a feeling. I definitely like the Rams' offense more. Stafford, Cup, OBJ, Tyler Higbee. Offensive line is all right. I don't know. I definitely like it better than I like the Rams' offense because just because of Jimmy G mostly. But both their defenses are really good. Ramsey and Donald on one side, Fred Warner, uh, Joey Bosa on the other side. Yeah, it's Joey Bosa, I think, or Nick Bosa. Why can't I get this right? One of the Bosa brothers is on the other side. Yeah, I can't think of that. Which one is it off the top of my head? <laughs> Anyways, one of the Bosa brothers. I want to slightly lean towards Niners for defense here, just because I like their overall group better. I think it's going to be a really tight one in the end, but like I'm going to say Cup and Stafford make another big play late just like they did against the Bucks. Oh, another thing I want to say off the uh the uh scores from the, the games from the uh divisional round. Every game ended with a score. Whether that be the first three games had game-winning field goals as time expired and then the Chiefs game was a touchdown in overtime. Crazy. That hasn't happened ever in the NFL, I think it was said. It, it was madness. And it was great. It was great for football. So, yeah. I'm going to say stuff makes... Ooh. I just combined Stafford and Cup. <laughs> uh, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford are going to make some big play late again, I think. Or just on the final drive. Something like that. They're, they'll finish off San Fran. I think Sean McVay is finally going to get the better of Kyle Shanahan in this game because he's had his number for a bit. I'm going to say the Rams win this one. Score prediction, I'm going to say 30-24 to 24 Rams. Maybe lower, too. Like maybe it could be like 27-20, 27-23, to 20, 27-23, something around the likes of there. I'm, but I'll stick with 30-24 to 24 as my final say. That will finish off the MLB portion of this episode, so... Oh, MLB portion. No, I meant NFL portion, because now we're on to the MLB portion. It's the MLB Hall of Fame. This will probably be a shorter segment compared to that, but this Hall of Fame is the worst out of the four major sports, in my opinion. It is just so bad how they decide to get in. Oh, Canucks scored again. Nice. Sorry. I just got my update. Um, it it's horrible. It really is horrible compared to the other ones. First off, David Ortiz, nothing wrong with it. First ballot, he absolutely deserved it and had a great career. I hated him because he was a Red Sox and he just killed the Jays, but I hate, but like he deserved it. He deserves it. I'll say that. But the problem was, I think his like, class is more likely to be remembered as the class that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens didn't get into. And the year, year, it was their final year on the ballot, and they're now kicked off the ballot. I think it's more likely to be remembered that, from that. Barry Bonds is the all-time home run leader in the MLB. Roger Clemens has won the most Cy Youngs in baseball history. But be- because they played in the steroid era and they took advantage of it and used their performance enhancing drugs, they're not going to get in. 
off the ballot, at least. there Maybe there's some loophole way they'll get in, which I think they will eventually, if it'd be wrong if they're not in it. Because, to me, a Hall of Fame is about honoring the best players that have played the game. Whether that's stats-wise, whether that's, like, personality-wise. So maybe their personality isn't good because they took steroids, right? It's not. That that really hurt their reputation. But their stats were crazy beyond crazy that I think they have to be in there do they not let's like in the NHL let's I'll start with this they're not in the Hall of Fame yet the Sidians they're gonna get in I would hope first ballot this year I believe it's this year their year is based off their stats they were solid they had like a thousand plus points each and they were the first, or like brothers to play with each other, really, in the NHL. They're not really going to get in based off their stats, I think. I think it's mostly just because of the legacy they brought. This winning culture they brought to Vancouver. Well, not brought to Vancouver, but they inherited in Vancouver based off the former captains they had. They were great leaders on and off the ice. And just the chemistry they had on the ice. I think that's what's going to get them in. Whereas Barry Bonds... He should get in based off his skill level as a home as a power hitter, but he won't because of his legacy off the ice. I don't know. It's it's or off the field. I don't know. It should be about honoring the best players and the ones who are most memorable. And Bonds and Clemens were very memorable, and yet they didn't get in. The really the thing that really makes me mad is before. T- before Barry Bonds reportedly started taking steroids, which I believe it was before 2000, he had a 290 batting average and 400 home runs. I 400 plus home runs. I not on the dot. That those are Hall of Fame numbers. Those should get you in. But then he took steroids, boosted his numbers even more. Which I mean, I don't bl- like. I don't necessarily blame him. He had an opportunity to do it there. They weren't that good at finding out if they were. Those those numbers should make the Hall of Fame. And yeah, they cheated. They did. And it ruins the integrity of the game because I think baseball has the most cheating eras in history. But like, I don't think them taking steroids is as bad as the Astros when they use trash cans and possibly like arm bands to for buzzers as to like when they won the world series i don't think it's that bad the these guys just mostly did it for their stats it's their their legacies aren't as tarnished by this by taking steroids if you ask me at more than like a player like jose altuve i say this for the astros altuve used to be like a favorite fan favorite in the in the league and i must say i liked them i really did and then I found out they cheated, and I hated his guts. And I still do. I hate the Astros. Although, I'm glad we have George Springer on our team. I can like him. If Altuve came to the Blue Jays, for whatever reason, I would probably still not like him. I would hold a grudge out on him. I I think just most fans would probably agree. Um, Another guy in the Hall of Fame, i got to say, Pete Rose. All-time leader in hits. He's not in there because of a gambling addiction. Another thing where it's like, I don't know. 
it, it's it's stupid to me. It should really be based either off their stats or their legacy on baseball. Not where one guy has good stats but a bad legacy and so he doesn't get in. Or what if one guy had a great legacy off the field but bad stats on the field? And would he get in? He probably would. I don't know. Process needs to change, if you ask me. Writers, the baseball writers, Hall of Fame writers, have not done a good job, good enough job, I think. Um, I think you need, might need, like, a new group of them. Maybe at least a French, fresh bunch of them. It's interesting to see. I don't know. Bonds, I think, is definitely going to get in. Just, I, some way, somehow, he'll get in, I believe. And... He, yeah, like, how can you be the all-time leader of, like, a major category in the league? Probably, when you think baseball, you think home runs, I'd say. That's the first stat that should come to mind, I would think. He leads the most eye-popping stat there is. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. And it's it's crazy to me, if you ask me. I don't know. I'm not even a Giants fan. Not even necessarily a Barry Bonds fan. And yet, I think it's outrageous that you get that isn't it? It's a joke. He'll he'll get in. I have faith, one way or another. And the fact that he's not in right now is just plain wrong. And didn't even come, rem, not remotely close. But he was like what ten percent off from getting in, nine percent of the votes vote ballots from getting in, something like that. I don't know. It's wrong. Uh that's gonna wrap up this episode. I think. Uh, should be an NBA trade deadline preview coming up, I want to say. Uh, potentially. And there should be a post-trade deadline, too. Pre-doing, like, where our picks, who we think could get traded, blah, blah, blah. And then post would be breaking down those trades of what happened. So, we'll see. Um... I'll come back next week. Also, do my NFL thing again. Also, we—I think I'm gonna share with you some of the bets I'm gonna make for the Super Bowl. Thinking about doing some crazy parlay bet or some, just some safe bets. You know, they hit, they hit; they don't, they don't. I think it's worth it. It's Super Bowl Sunday, whatever, right? But yeah, um, NHL. There's. You would think there'd be more to talk about right now, but there isn't. Bunch of Canucks trade rumors. Um, but I'll leave that for another episode when I get the chance. I am kind of excited for the future of the Canucks, which is weird to say because they're heading down a path that you wouldn't think I would be excited for. But yeah, I'll talk about it in a different episode. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. If you got this far, thanks for listening and see you in the next episode. Peace.